0: Dot bubble audio. Okay. You ho- okay, you hoes already know what it is. Loud women, season two. We're ready. It's lit. It's very very lit. It's very inflamed. It is illuminated. Oh my God. Season two of Shrill on Hulu. And we're here to talk about it with you.
1: We are so excited to be back. It has been an incredibly long off season. Um, We are two totally different people now. Everything has changed. Um, But we're just so excited to be back here with you. We've missed... I miss sitting here looking into your beautiful face and talking on a microphone with you about um, stuff.
0: I have missed you so much, and yet it's only been... I don't know, four days since we wined and dined.
1: (laughs) That's very true. That's very true. If you,
0: so if you, if you have
1: not caught up on the last couple of episodes, Tiki and I did a full rewatch of season one, where we sat on my couch and ate cheese and drank champagne and watched all six episodes of Shrill season one. So we we would be nice and fresh to talk about season two with you guys this week. Um, If you want to watch that, it's available on our Twitter account. At loud Women Pod, if you want to just listen along uh while you're rewatching yourself. Uh we've got two podcast episode episodes out that you can listen as well. Uh if you would like to hear our excellent commentary that sort of devolved as the as the day went on. It was a long it was a long three hours to sit on that couch together.
0: Highly recommend listening because I got drunk towards the end and it was a time. <laughs>
1: Yeah, she had a uh, yeah two and a, two and a half glasses of prosecco will really just knock you on your tukis.
0: Oh yeah. my mom always said I was a cheap date, and I never really understood until <laughs> until I hit twenty one coming to my home. <laughs> well, that too.
1: Um. So we are so excited. We're going to talk about uh, episode one of season two today. Um. I am just absolutely thrilled. So we're we are dropping this episode on. Uh, July 20th or January 26th. Uh, and this is when all eight episodes are available of shrill on Hulu. Um, I'm going to lay out a little bit of the, the ground rules for this podcast. So we are sorry. Yeah.
0: Is it the 24th or 26th?
1: It's the 26th. It is. It's Friday. I thought it was 20. Right. Let's, let's all check our calendars real quick. Oh, it's 24th. You're right. Tookie. Oh, okay. Tookie fact check in real time. (laughs) 24th. Okay. Friday. I was worried. Um, I was like, oh my God. Guys, I don't know what day it is. Uh, But, but so the way we're going to do this is we are going to be releasing uh, one new episode each week. We are going to be recording them in real time so that we are not going to be doing any spoilers. Um, So I highly recommend watching one episode and then listening to the podcast uh, about that episode. We're not going to get our head of ahead of ourselves. And as we learned last season, there's a lot to process in each of these episodes. So much feelings and real shit. So we want to take the time to process all of that instead of uh, binging it all in one day. So that's how we're going to do this whole thing. Anything I'm missing, Tookie?
0: Uh, No, I think we're good money. I think cool. We're good so let's start
1: talking about uh, episode episode one. So we both watched this together uh, last week and then rewatched it again in anticipation of our discussion. And... um. It's pretty funny. It was a pretty funny episode. It's
0: a tone shift, but it was still good. It was still solid. It was still very much on par with season one, but it still felt, I don't know, a little, I wouldn't say grittier. It wasn't the Dark night of the Shrill series, but (laughs) it was, but definitely a tone shift because shit's getting real in Annie's life.
1: I, you know, that was sort of my, my feelings walking away from the episode was, um, You know, season one, it was only six episodes. There was only so much time to introduce us to these characters and their stories. And this, the season two premiere, we're really getting a sense of, we're able to get into those stories a little bit more deep, deeply, deeper, uh, and able to get really into the nitty gritty of it, like you Mm -hmm. said. Um, So it's definitely a tone shift for sure. So um, let's start, we can go through it, uh, we can go through the episode scene by scene um, and, and break it down for you. Yeah. So I, I was delighted to see that they picked up immediately where it left off uh, with I love Annie that. running away
0: from the troll's house. I love that because like, it, it bothers me when seasons pick up. Like, you know, they do the SpongeBob cut three hours later. <laughs> I hate that. So, like, we, we get right to the meat. We get right to that because that, season one ended on such like a, a, a cliffhanger, an apex So we're right there, Mm -hmm. and we're right there with the moments after. Also, Annie's athletic. Shout out to her. I don't jog.
1: Right? That was a run. The fact that she ran all the way from the troll's house, presumably, to her boyfriend's house, that was quite the journey. And I love that they, by picking it up immediately, they just were able to harness that energy that she had Mm. and that absolutely chaotic energy of, like, I just did something fucking crazy. Uh, And that was such a fun journey and a fun way to, like, kick off the season.
0: I, I love unhinged Annie.
1: It was, it was truly delightful. I loved that. She ran into Ryan's house and the first thing out of her mouth was, uh, I'm a fucking bitch and I love it. <laughs> and I was like, yes, put it on my gravestone. Like I want a bumper sticker. I love that. I'm a fucking bitch and I love it. Okay.
0: But should she trademark that? Should she hop on that as quickly as Megan the Stallion hopped on hot girl summer and like make some merch, yes. make some t-shirts
1: yes please I would like this is my official request to the the Shirelle team please produce that and I will be buying it because I love it I want a t-shirt I want a sticker I want a water bottle uh so absolutely loved that energy that she just totally like blazed in there with um and 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 Ryan was so on board with her from the second she walked in. But do we like telling his friend to shut the fuck up when he's sneezing? And uh, I was like, Ryan, all right. I'm liking this energy.
0: But it's such a crazy idea and such a crazy moment. Do we expect him to not be on board with it? Because I feel like he's with the shits at the worst possible time. Like, yeah, like it's one thing to have a man who's, you know, ride or die and with the shits, but like with the shits within reason.
1: (laughs) It's true. He's, uh, I feel like this was a good culmination of last season of his up and down with, with Annie. Mm-hmm. This was him being like, I'm here for you. Let's do it. We're going to rob a bank. Let me grab my gun. I've got, like, he was so on board.
0: He has a gun. You know what? Like, Ryan, the fact that Ryan has a gun is proof that we really need to call our local congressman and make some alterations to certain laws. We I'm just saying, I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to put two people, control. too many people off.
1: No, I come... You know what? We're you know, going to get political. I, I... Ryan should not have a gun. Just that is that is fair. At all. But I love that... At um, I, It's like, Ryan has a go bag. Ryan yeah. has a go bag. Like, Ryan doesn't have any of his shit together at all in his life. But he does have a bag that's ready to go
0: for who knows. Yeah. Good for him. You know, there are... So- I think it's a man thing. I really do. Because... Um, Everybody else in my family is particularly chill, but, like, my dad is a, a, a pseudo-prepper. Like, he's got a generator in the basement and all the canned goods and everything. for. And it's like, is this a guy? Is this a white guy thing?
1: you know what it might be a white guy thing because i will say uh at the turn of the millennium when everyone was panicking that all of the the systems were going to go down i vividly remember my dad having us fill up (laughs) gallons of poland spring bottles (laughs) and filling our fucking bathtub in case we needed water because like that was how serious we got
0: specifically poland spring
1: yeah i'm from maine baby it's yeah that's Shout out, Poland Spring. Shout
0: out to Maine. Okay, take a shot every time I shout something out.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, here we go. Here we go. Come <laughs> back. <We're> back, baby. <laughs> Tookie's doing shout-outs. Uh and then the only my other favorite moment from that scene was just when they noticed she was bleeding and someone says, Are you having your period? Uh, and I was like, Her knee is bloody. That is such a beautiful <laughs> example of how these men have no idea what a woman is. And it was just such a <laughs> sweet, sweet little moment. It was like you have your period? Like, no, bitch. It's my knee. I am not perioding from my knee. Uh,
0: it was so... T- ugh,
1: so t- and telling. Then, oh, you know what? Last part. They all use their mom's car.
0: Yep. Why do they all have their mom's car? No one's got their own car. You know what, though? I'm really worried about the way in which some generations of women have raised their son. I mean, this is... Not, I'm not, like, critiquing moms, but I'm saying, especially for new moms of Gen Z, you have to watch how you raise your kids and raise them in a way such that it doesn't engender bitch assness like no bitch assness in gen z i really i really hope that because because like these people these folks i feel like are either older millennials or gen like late gen x
1: yeah and that's sort of they're definitely products of the helicopter parent yeah they're totally products of You know, I'm, oh, I love my son so much and I just need to protect him and take care of him. And it's now you see that they're all completely incapable of being adult men. And that does happen when you coddle your
0: kids. Yep. The bitch assness talking about, oh, my son's so handsome. He's a six. Relax, Linda.
1: (laughs) Your son is not a six. You gotta gotta, like bring it back down to reality a little bit.
0: (laughs) Except, except that the product of your yoni, the fruit of your looms.
1: (laughs) it's a little below average all right it's true so below average ryan (laughs) is like you know what we're gonna get out of town which i also like i didn't know the rationale here they're like oh this is there was a crisis we need to leave and go live in the wilderness but okay i'm not gonna i'm not gonna poke holes i'm just gonna go along for the ride because then when the two of them are in the car together that was one of my favorite moments of the series so far Mm. when uh they start singing along to all selene dion i'm just like yes yes like let this beautiful moment of joy just happen and then when he started singing and they both were singing together i was like you know what am i weirdly on board for this am i i've gotten on such a roller coaster with these two but in that moment i was like i'm I'm in
0: i'm in Mm -hmm. i'm totally in yeah shout out to whoever licensed that song because take a shot oh because (laughs) yeah i I mean i don't know celine dion rights aren't cheap she's celine dion
1: that's true that must have been a very expensive moment and you know what worth it worth it because it it landed. I was like, I am fully on board. You've got me. Did they feel the, uh, did you feel the feels? Cause I felt a little feel. I did. I got a little tingle. I was like, Oh my God, we're having a little moment. You can't do like, the them. I mean, connecting
0: anyone who doesn't feel even an iota of feels when, she, when I kiss you like this, like, come on, you're a monster. If you don't,
1: it was so good, and the best part is that neither of them can sing nope. at all, and it didn't stop them. They just like <laughs> went in. You know, sometimes you'll be surprised by, uh, by you know, comics and comedians that can sing, and it's like a surprise. Like I remember when I found out Melissa Via and on SNL, mm. amazing singer. AD Bryant does not have that skill, but you know what? It that made it all the more beautiful. But
0: that's the way. You know what? Honestly, like. I'm okay with that because that's just how the universe, God, whatever, however you want to call it. Like, that's just how the distribution works out for humanity. Like one of the few (laughs) things I told you when I was at your house, like one of those few things that keeps me from just walking into the ocean is the fact that Beyonce cannot, the beehive don't come for me, but your girl, her monologues in the Lion King. Stop. That's all I'll say. Oh, a hot take. The beehive is going to oh i'm gonna just prepare for like all the b emojis in my
1: yeah get ready like you're comments. we are in season two we are ready for we're the going trolls. hard tookie
0: is just dump, just jumping right in beyonce is easily one of the most beautiful women on earth a phenomenal dancer an amazing singer um i and we'll leave it at that yeah and you know what ade
1: bryant beautiful hilarious perfect kind angel not a great singer. And you know what?
0: That's okay. And that's okay. Because none of us can be perfect. It, and that makes us human. The Lord gives and... T- the, I don't know. Whatever you want to call it. but <laughs> I love it.
1: But, but he'll, yeah. He'll, he'll take it away if there's any... Anyway. He
0: distributes fairly when you when, in the grand scheme of things. He or she... I mean, I know. We've all heard Ariana Grande's God is a Woman. So he or she uh, distributes fairly, let's say. Because, I mean... I'm I'm alive today because I watched Beyonce in Austin Powers Gold Member.
1: <laughs> Not her best performance. <laughs> Not her best. So they then they're driving and they're going camping. Which again, I'm like, I don't fully understand why this is what we're doing, but okay, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. When he lays down that fucking sheet, and it's just like, yep, here we are. Yep. This is what we're doing. I quickly my moment of elation around the two of them and I was so supportive and I was like you know what I'm here for this and he puts a fucking sheet down and that was it and I was like you are not no and then Mm. he also was like oh I don't have any food I didn't put any food in my go bag and I was like you cannot provide for a woman if you do not put snacks in that go bag like you are dead to me Ryan I'm sorry
0: and no tent uh, you know every Every grown man should be able to feed his woman. I mean, we're just talking heteronormative, blah, 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 relationships. But, like, I never took a man seriously unless and until he fed me at some point.
1: It's true. That's the quickest way to get to someone's heart. When my husband and I started dating and we got in our first fight, I was like, you know the fastest way to, like, get over an argument with me is to just apologize and then buy me food immediately after and I will just forget it. So. The fact that he staged this big dramatic moment with her and then, you know, he was like, oh, I do not bring me food. I was like, Ryan, no, you're done. Didn't bring a tent. I will say, have any of you ever slept outside without a tent? I have, again, because I live in Maine and those are the <laughs> weird things that we did because we didn't have activities in high school. So we would just, like, sleep outside. There's dew. There is so much dew. You wake up in the morning without a tent, you are soaking wet disgusting. I just need to call out the, I just need to call out that piece. Thank
0: you. No, you're doing you're doing the Lord's work right now. I'm just
1: speaking truth to power. Sleeping under the stars? Overrated. You are not going to like wake up and want to have anybody eat you out if you are sleeping outside.
0: Okay, so I will say last year during Women's History Month, I noted that men, you know, hetero men and you know, whatever. Non-hetero too. To be an ally, put your face in it, right? Which he Mm -hmm. did, which he did, but, like, uh, when she confessed that it's two-day puss, I I don't know.
1: That was not great for me, but you know what I will say? I did appreciate that moment where he was so committed. He was like, I am—it was like he just woke up and realized he'd been such a piece of shit this whole time, and he was Mm. like, I want to make amends— in the form of going down on you right now, even though you smell like that was a beautiful sentiment I felt. Yeah. Um, but I also, I loved that when the the kids sort of were coming in and she's like, Oh my gosh, someone's coming. And he's like, really? I was like, honey, it has been 20 seconds to hop. So we're not that good. No one is that good vibrators are not that not that good you need to like tone down the expectations a little bit
0: Uh, again again raising your sons in a way that engenders bitch assness i just Mm -hmm. mm -mm. they think they're god's gift
1: Mm -mm. um but i will also say um It was a nice moment to see her pleasure on camera. We talked about this a lot last season. Ah, yes. And they only, you know, it was a quick five or ten second shot, but it was like actual female pleasure, which we don't see very often. And secondly, fat female pleasure, which we never fucking see. And so that was just like a nice little choice that I'm sure was intentional where it was like, we are going to have him go down on her and
0: she is going to love it. Absolutely. I was here for that. I was absolutely here for not so much the hygiene or lack thereof, but I was here for the moment, you know, for what it represent, uh, what it represented overall in terms of, you know, Ryan finally being an ally, putting his face in it, right? (laughs) And seeing a woman of her size be, you know, wanted. I loved it. I
1: love. They're so good about doing that in this show, and I really I see that and I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, one uh, a couple other quick notes on sort of this camping scene before we move on is <clears throat> when she is uh, when they go to the bathroom together.
0: Oh, that no. was.
1: An- you know. Oh, so I had a different reaction. I actually that was another <laughs> moment where I was like, "All right, this is kind of sweet. I kind of like it." Not that I'm a big peer in front of I'm not a partner <laughs> peer like that is not my move. I respect people who it is their move, but I just liked that little bonding moment
0: uh no i I'm very much a I'm very much a personal space. like if I could have a human sized litter box, i would like I'm just very
1: <laughs> I'm Isn't that very- basically just a bathroom
0: i mean yes <laughs> but like i'm very I'm very very um guarded in that mm. sense. That's like mm-hmm. a, a sacred moment, you know, popping a squat. Like, I get it. Whenever I take my dogs out, why my dogs will make direct eye contact me- with me when they poop? Because they're vulnerable. Uh-huh. Down. Like, anything could happen. I feel that. I feel that. So it's like if I'm in, you know, an enclosed space where I can d- do my business Yeah. In in a safe little cocoon, great, great. The minute you invite (laughs) someone else in there, especially, especially someone else with four day dick, as he put it.
1: Oh, oh, that was so triggering. I felt so such a visceral reaction to that phrase. I hated it so much. Um, The other thing I had a visceral reaction to the to in the scene, one of my last points is when they were talking about how neither of them had been in a real relationship before, which is surprising to no one when he goes uh, yeah, I did drop a lot of dick downtown. I was like, "That is a key oh. phrase that oh. I hate, but I also kind of love."
0: I don't, I don't know. I like it. I, drop a lot of dick. It would, mm, you know what? It, it. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it if Jason De, Derulo in his onesie from Cats said that. Because let's talk about the fact that the the studio at Cats digitally CGI'd out Jason Derulo's dick print. So if he were to say, "I'm dropping some dick," Jason Derulo auto tune, I I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't hate it.
1: <laughs> Just a quick plug for Jason Derulo and Cats. I know they edited out his dick, but he was still super hot. Like I was horny for Jason Derulo. Cat. I'm not gonna. I'm not embarrassed about it, and I think that's okay.
0: And and also, uh, you you adhere to the rubric that I had set up. I set up a Twitter poll like a month ago, where I polled uh, Twitter followers on the state the state someone should be in. Oh, in, in order oh, yes. to.
1: Oh yeah, you need to be on some kind of a substance to enjoy cats. That yeah. goes without saying. That is that is my one of my truest rec- recommendations. I'm going to give to all of you. Um, do not go to cats sober. It is not that is not how it's meant to be enjoyed. It needs to be an elevated experience. What do we do so. for our
0: straight edge listeners, just in case? What do they do? Um,
1: that's fair. That's fair. I'm not endorsing drug use. It is legal in the state of Massachusetts. Just as a reminder, um, if you are sober, you know what I think. You just need to like go into it with an open heart. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that's what I said to people. Is if you go into it and say this is going to be one of the most ridiculous things I've ever watched on a screen, and I'm I'm open to receiving that. Maybe do a little meditation beforehand. Get yourself in the right headspace. Do some hot then yoga. You will love it. Some hot yoga. Get that sweat. Get that blood moving. Drink a chai. I feel so strongly about this. Like, you got to cats is just so good it's so fucking terrible <laughs> anyway that's my plug for cats back to shrill and so jason derulo's dick
0: <laughs> back to, oh
1: god how do we get here I, you're always gonna sidetrack me i'm sorry like derulo's dick you know it's i just can't <laughs> help it so so back to shrill do you have anything else before we move on from um the camping scene and and their sort of interactions
0: there um just i wonder i wonder how they bathe after i don't think that was addressed I'm very big on I don't logistics. Think
1: they bathed.
0: Damn. They're now he's on five day. Damn. He's on day five of that oh, day. Oh my god. It's I mean,
1: that's gr- I mean, they're gross. Like they so they after this they go
0: into the, the fast food restaurant. Did they specify which kind of fast food? Was it a Wendy's? They were well, they were at Wendy's.
1: It looked like no, I don't know. I'm not familiar with the 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 West Coast chains as uh, much. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. if you have any if you have any theories, let me know. It, it wasn't like a Popeye's. Like, no, it was like a generic, like, in and out type yeah. thing, I think.
0: I know it wasn't a Popeye's because no one's getting stabbed over a chicken sandwich. RIP to that guy. I'm, I'm trying to get one so that he didn't die in vain. Like, I eventually Wait, will eat one. Someone, am di- sorry. People are dying over that sandwich Cash.
1: I'm sorry. Did that happen?
0: Yeah. Why would I make that up? I don't have the kind <laughs> of free time to make that kind of shit up.
1: Well, I'm going to put that on my list of things to Google after this episode because that is insane and RIP to that man. Yes. Uh, cool, 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 <laughs> cool. So, so anyway, I'm, try- I'm just trying to keep this ship on, this train on the tracks. Uh, so... So. Um. They're at this fast food restaurant, not a Popeye's, uh, and I like that she is stealing this kid's charger <laughs> and just, like, leaning over the booth. No personal space. Also, like, Ryan had a go bag and didn't have a charger in there. It's, doesn't have a charger that he keeps in his mom's car. Like, come on. Or the is, go bag. Or the go bag. Right? Like, that should be... Your go bag should literally just be, like, a granola bar, water, and a fucking charger. That's a portable one, too. So what was right what was in that go bag? There was no food, there was no charger. Ryan, you have
0: failed us again. Uh, yeah. But so anyway, oh, go ahead. Not to sort of kind of backtrack, but yeah, their conversation about having not been in relationships and like Annie's revelation that she would hook up with people in in a way such that it was her taking what she could get.
1: You're right, we did glaze over that and I felt like that was an important point and it was a very real moment that I think a lot of people with these types of like fat experiences can understand um, where you know you you feel vulnerable putting yourself out there you don't want to you just sort of assume because of society external cues etc that you are unlovable and that no one's gonna actually love you and Mm -hmm. so there is sort of a lot of this hookup culture trying to take what you can get and it really does illuminate why She's given Ryan all these chances yes. and her bar is set
0: so low is because she's just like, well, this is what I can get. So, and it was really sad. It, I felt that because it's like, wow, this is a guy that's into me. I just might as well take it. You know, yeah. I, I uh, as someone, uh, personal antidote, uh, as someone who never got asked to prom, right?
1: Oh.
0: Right? Like, uh, Like, it just brought back all the memories of just... Being like, you know, hearing, oh, my, my friend likes you. Why can't he tell me himself in public?
1: <laughs> it's true. I actually don't think I was either. I My problem, I asked a guy, like a friend of mine that was younger. And mm. I was like, you're going to come with me because I just don't want to deal with this by myself. So it is. It's, it's, it's a tough... Um, yeah, I think that definitely brings back a lot for a lot of people. And that was a moment that very, yeah. felt, very much felt like a, an 80 moment or a, a Lindy West moment that that was sort of coming from personal experience. So that was a really that was mm-hmm. very it hurt my heart, but it was very real. Um, so going back to so, yeah, so they left the fast food restaurant. He didn't have a charger because he's a piece of shit. She found out that her mom left and went to Vancouver just um, up
0: and went to Canada.
1: Which yeah, because last time we saw her, she was lying on the floor, presumably high, and and oh, she was like, she was go, she
0: was high as giraffe pussy. Like that woman was <laughs> gone. She was gone,
1: and then she left, and then she went to Vancouver. So then we we snap back to uh to the office. We snap back to uh, Gabe and Amadi and Ruth, Ruthie and that whole um, crew, and I love this bit where Ruthie is like so um are you gonna be can i be your work wife um because that's a very real thing Mm -hmm. it's nice to have a great like work spouse work partner whatever and amati's like no i like that everyone (laughs) in this office wants to be friends with Amadi, and he's like i really don't like any of you (laughs) and i think that the character of ruthie is one of my favorite parts of this show by far she is so unhinged like she is so deeply deeply weird and like everything in her brain it's like a it's like twitter humor just came to life it's like so strange and is not how anyone talks and i love it so much
0: she really is unpixelated boat or pixelated boat like in real life shout out to yeah. you if you're ever on that side of twitter don't go on that side of twitter but do but like also don't find yourself on uh the hotep side of twitter shout out yeah to you. yes <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to you our listeners take a shot <laughs> uh, so take a
1: shot so th- I, I I truly love that she's super funny and I think I get the sense that she writes this stuff for herself it seems like I follow her on Twitter I follow her stuff like I think mm. she writes. it's and it's, it's interesting to see like, i I'd be curious to know more about the writing of the show and how I know most of it's written by Adie Bryant but like how much of it is sort of Pulled in from different actors because a lot right. of this stuff feels really authentic to them. Yeah, um, but I did, I did love that, and um, and so then we have uh, Amadi come into Gabe's office and basically gets offered a promotion. The weirdest pair of people ever, like Gabe and Amadi have nothing in common. They're so different, and. I just feel like this is about to set up a really sad plot. Something yeah. bad's gonna happen. I just don't. I don't like this. This combination of the two of them, and I feel bad for a body. And like something bad's gonna happen.
0: Gabe makes me itchy to look at. Is that bad? Like I you really hate him. I call him Dollar Tree Corella Deville in my mind because that <laughs> hair, though that hair
1: what is he doing skunk he's got that skunk stripe it's real it's real tough
0: it is hard like i was like i was saying at the um the rewatch he he has the the kate from john and kate plus eight haircut without the cockatoo fringe in the back
1: it's the like i want to speak to your manager haircut and so i like that he realizes that nobody likes him and he's like wants to go back to being this this sort of artist type and um I'm, I'm glad that they're setting this up because I think that'll, whether Annie comes back to the job or not, it's Mm going to keep us sort of in, in this world, which I'm glad because I love, I love Ruthie. I love Amadi and I, I really hate Gabe and, um, would be fine if I just never had to see him again because I, it's like his character is so unlikable that I'm like, I
0: have a hard time even watching. Like there are very few TV characters that like genuinely great Mike Taint and yet here we are. Mm,
1: Great your Taint? Yes. Just I just wanted to clarify that for for our listeners. Cool. Yeah. I'm gonna write that one down. It um, <laughs> <laughs> was a good one. So then we are we finally see Annie uh, and Ryan get back to Annie's dad's house mm. where he is there with the creepy
0: uncle um, or her, her friend. Side note: I didn't yeah. clock until we did the season one rewatch that it was Daniel Stern playing. I know Annie's dad. Guy from- home alone one of the right? robbers from home yes alone.
1: yeah that was kind of an i i didn't notice that at all last season i guess we just didn't get enough of him. it was something like about the way his hair was styled yeah. this season made him look more like that i was like oh okay that makes sense um but yeah that's a fun little casting thing that i didn't notice um so so i like that the creepy friend right out of the out of the gate is can i hug you or are you gonna me to me Ugh. and i'm just like i fucking hate like white men of that generation like straight white men that are like terrible just there's some <laughs> there's some something in the way in their brains the way their brains are programmed that they're such assholes yeah and, like cannot and they love to make jokes about me too and i just it just makes me want to die it grates my taint one
0: might say yes uh yeah and i i love the fact that annie describes him as oh my dad's jazz friend because like as someone with a white dad who's a retired jazz musician i can confirm they're not a good time
1: (laughs) they're not a good time was this a little close to home for you i forget about this a little
0: bit (laughs) a little bit old white dad plays Uh, jazz music has jazz friends
1: god bless and they're the
0: worst yeah also triggered So
1: so I like that she shows up at the house. Everyone's mad. Fran is there. They're all pissed at her, which is like fair. If you're going to go do this, like all this shit, you're going to disappear. You got to tell people where you're going. It was a little bit weird that like the dad was so panicked he hadn't heard from her. I was like, I don't. That's weird. That's like everyone get out of her life a little bit. Mm. But at the same time, respect the roommate. That kind of thing. Totally got it. I liked that they almost set a fire by um, heating up those thin meals in the in the convection oven i was like yeah this is why thin meals or lean cuisine or smart ones or any of this shit it's it's terrible it's bad it is yeah
0: it is literally combustible get that out of your system don't do it
1: (laughs) so i i felt like a real tone shift here because we were sort of in this weird little bubble with ryan and annie Mm -hmm. for the the whole beginning of the episode and you know, to to various degrees, I think we were all kind of on board. We're like, okay, this is, she seems happy. She seems crazy, but like in a good, in a good way, she's empowered. This is great. And then coming back and talking to Fran felt very much like a back to reality. Oh shit. Like maybe I made a mistake. And I loved when Fran um, called her out and she was like, you went to Ryan. Cause he's the only person that wouldn't question you. He's the mm. only person that wouldn't push you on your decisions. And I was like, that's very true. And then I also loved when she basically was like, I'm here for you, but I need you to be here for me. Like you need to be my friend too. Yeah. And I love how they're painting Fran as a three dimensional person instead of just like the sidekick Ugh. or like the sassy friend. The, like she the is
0: mm-hmm, Yeah, girl.
1: Exactly. Like they're painting her as a real human being that has complex emotions. And I appreciate that.
0: Yes, I think that's so important, and it's sort of like um, uh, I kind of took it. I know I'm making I'm making a whole thing of a small moment of dialogue from a, a TV series, but mm-hmm. I kind of took it as like you know what, like you got to look out for women of color too, like it has to go both ways because we're both. I mean, it you know there's levels to the shit, there's levels to the discrimination, but we both experience gender-based abuse by society at large and in order for us to get out of that and take back that power we really have to be there for each other especially especially because you know Fran's got things happening so especially when you see a fellow woman of any color going through some stuff be there be there you know, and I, uh, I, well, you are, I listen know. no. I, I love Fran. I'm obsessed with her because, especially because it's like, again, a woman of color, three-dimensional, is vulnerable, isn't just the, hmm yeah, girl, friend, is a person, is a person.
1: Ah! Yeah, I, I think this is something that I've heard you talk about before, about how, <clears throat> as a woman of color, you feel like you're not. People don't always check in, and they kind of assume that, like, Oh, you're strong, you're powerful, you got this, but like you need to be allowed to have vulnerability and you need to be allowed to feel things and struggle and like have a hard time and Yes. Um I think that's really that's very re- very real and that definitely rings true in this scene. It's such a little thing, but I think you're right that it's such a little line, but it was there's so much more to
0: it. It means so much. I, I mean, you know, I take it I'm sensitive. Okay, I'm sensitive. <laughs> I take everything to the depth. But it meant a lot for me to hear this character say that. Like, that's huge.
1: Yeah. I thought that was a really, really well-written part where she was, she brought Annie back to reality. Mm. She set boundaries and stated her own needs and was like, I need you to be a good friend for me. And again, I love this portrayal even more broadly of just female friendship and like a complicated female friendship that isn't just based on like bullshit and is real and it's it's an actual relationship where people have to compromise and change and grow and and be better and and
0: have these tough conversations um and they're actually in each other's lives like that is huge because it's not just i mean i couldn't get into friends because reasons but it's just like (laughs) who are all these six white people living together are you actually friends what is this Mm -hmm. what is the premise And how do you afford that apartment in New York? But
1: there's a lot of problems with that. (laughs) But these guys live in Portland and that's how they can afford their big, beautiful apartment.
0: That home is great.
1: And so, but they might not be able to afford it for that much longer because she Uh, finally told everyone she quit her job, uh, which, oh, the knife, which like in the moment, looking back on the final episode of season one, when she quit her job, I feel like we were all kind of like, all right, like you, you stick up for yourself. But now by the light of day (laughs) with some time to think on it, it is true where like Fran's reaction, her dad's reaction felt, felt very on point because journalism jobs are not easy to come by. And like, you don't just quit, especially in Portland. Like there are not that many publications that are hiring full-time journalists. So I was just like, that was, now that you're all pointing that out, that was a kind of a dumb idea. Maybe I didn't pick up on that before. But that seems stupid.
0: Yeah. You you don't think about it in the moment just because it's like, oh, Annie taking back her power, standing up to her asshole boss. Like, because y- y- you want to be here for it. You want to, yes, girl boss. <laughs> be your own girl boss. Right? Right. Take, take you know, feminism. Take down the... Like, because on paper, Gabe's supposed to be an ally, but he's not. Because no. uh, <laughs> he's Gabe. Uh, but like, it was... It was so, there was so much catharsis in that moment of watching her at the end of season one, shit on Dave and his, and it just call bullshit on the whole thing and call him out for his mistreatment of her. That is, that very, that very much felt pointed, you know, it mm. it, it really felt like pointed mistreatment of her. So in the moment it was like, yes, yeah. But then, because what I love about the show is that it's not just... A TV show where everything gets resolved at the end. You know, Kenny died in that episode, but he's back in the next one. <laughs> right.
1: It's true. It's true. I think this, this show, I'm realizing now, that was a really good point, that it almost intentionally keeps sort of shifting the viewer's perception, like you're comfortable and then it's like no you shouldn't be because this is actually you you sort of are always changing your perspective on the people and the situations and I actually really like that it sort of illustrates that everything isn't black and white it's not super simplistic it's not just like beginning middle end we all learn a lesson and move on to next week it's like much more nuanced and and um and challenging intellectually I guess
0: yes indeed indeed it makes you think
1: It does. It makes me use my little lady brain. (laughs) Get a little workout in my brain. Uh, So I I did. I love this episode. That was that was pretty much all the stuff that happened. I think overall, like you said, it was definitely a tone shift. I thought this episode was like generally funnier than some of the episodes last season, because Mm. I think we already knew who everyone was. We didn't have to do any of this exposition. We understood the dynamics of the relationship. And so there were some really funny lines that actually yeah. very like laugh out loud funny lines, um, and I'm so excited to see what that how that evolves throughout the season because we got eight episodes, we got a lot more room to wiggle around. It
0: already feels weirdly enough, though. It already feels like a slight departure, almost sort of, kind of, sort of a little bit um, from the source material. It's really feel it's to me from this first episode alone of season two. It's starting to feel more like. Annie's story rather than Lindy's story because I can't because I mean Lindy West is cool as shit but I can't picture her throwing a flower pot in somebody's window and then running down the street like she just doesn't strike me as that kind of woman so this and I do
1: I love that they're making that choice to sort of leave that you know, the source of material laid the foundation for the characters and the situations. But now we're really seeing Annie as a much different person than Lindy West. And um, that's what AD Bryant's bringing to the table. That's what Allie Rushfield's bringing to the table. Um, there's a lot of really smart women that are sort of putting their experiences together and making this really compelling character and storyline.
0: And I just, I cannot stress enough how after having read the book, I think Aidy Bryant really is the perfect person for this role. She so is because she like
1: she just gets it. And she is such she said when you read interviews from her, she's she articulates the issue so well. And she's so good. She's like such a good spokesperson, essentially, for this kind of fat positive, body positive movement. Mm. Um, And, you know, we always say like we're we're two dumb idiots. You and I We're not like experts (laughs) on this. We're not. Um, but we're just sort of speaking to our own experience and she does a really good job speaking to her experience, but also speaking more broadly. And she was, she was the right person to play this character and the right person to sort of sell the story to the world.
0: Absolutely.
1: So, I love it. Any other, any final thoughts on this episode before we wrap it up? Um,
0: tone shift, but, but good. compel, super Compelling. Like, I am here for the fact that we have real women in real bodies playing real, or at least, you know, real adjacent from the source material people, but, like, playing people who are complex, uh, who mm, uh, I question their choices in men, uh, but, like... (laughs) You
1: know, but that's part of it, right? It's cuz we're flawed, they're flawed. Yeah. They're flawed people that are making choices based on insecurity, ba- based on past experiences. Um, you know, if she was if Annie was dating this like perfect guy, mm. I feel like with everything else she's going through that wouldn't feel as authentic. So yes, they do have terrible. There is a lot of bad taste in men. You know what I just realized? Mm. We didn't see Fran's uh yeah, Fran's girlfriend from last season from the pool party. I no. wonder if she's still
0: in the picture. I don't think so. I hope so. so i don't know i don't know
1: although i guess because they didn't time jump at all so my so anyway because i like her because
0: i'm afraid that fran is gonna do fuck boy shit that's that's my that that's my what my hunch tells me like i am afraid of that you know what i mean i know it's dumb yeah but like i don't i don't i love i adore fran but i don't trust her because I think we
1: got a little teaser of that last season, too, when Annie was like, you're a female Ryan. You cheat on
0: everybody like that's I think that's going to come up. You're right. That's what is in the back of my mind thinking about Fran. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Ugh, is she going to fuck it up? Because Fran is a human. Yeah. And Fran yeah. does her, you know, Fran does her. Fran is on her Lori Harvey. Shout out to you if you know what I'm referencing. But, you know, she's out here. She is the player, not just the game right so Mm -hmm. i'm like oh is she gonna because i love them together they were good just together but i hope she i hope she doesn't fuck it up don't fuck it up we'll
1: find out i think we'll now after after this episode we'll start getting back to annie and fran's house and their life together and their friendship and i'm excited to sort of jump back into that because we did not get enough fran this episode we didn't always always true even if the whole episode was about fran all right, so I think that's it for this week, guys. We are going to wrap it up here. Uh, tune back in next Friday and we will drop an episode about the season two, episode two. We will be back here. As I mentioned, we're going to space these out a little bit so we all have time to process our feelings. Take it all in. Uh, make sure you're following Loud Women on social media at Loud Women Pod. Uh, you can follow me at Hi, this is Marissa uh, and Tookie
0: oh god don't follow her don't
1: oh don't follow me her tweets are very good follow her at tookie monster she won't call herself out so i will (laughs) uh and if you want to see some great rants my twitter my
0: twitter is a dark place listen but for 2020 can we talk about resolutions for the new year new decade uh in celebration of of just, I, I'm not fully there on my body journey, but I have I've resolved to try and modify part of my wardrobe Lizzo style cheeks out, maybe. Mm-hmm. So you know, just nice. What? It, I we live in Massachusetts. It's like 15 degrees out right now. It's cold, but you know, once it's time for some fishnet weather,
1: you know, it might be a little
0: cheeks out in the summer.
1: I love that resolution for you. So so. Speaking of, follow Tookie on Instagram so you can see all her amazing 2020 looks. Cheeks out.
0: Yes. For oh, Lizzo. I might actually post on that godforsaken app <laughs> at one oh point my gosh, in my guys, life. We
1: finally, we finally taught Tookie how to use Instagram stories when she was at my house last week. So <clears throat> there's a great little video on our Instagram there if you want to catch up on that. So
0: that's all I got. We will see you guys next week. Take care and we love you. We love you a lot. Thank you for listening. Okay, bye. Bye.